It's not within my nature to go crawling round on walls. I can't stand and if I wore a mask with spider web decals. It's hardly likely I'll be attacked by a man dressed as a vulture. Or become an icon, a hero of pop culture. And I was born with fear of violence and high places. And I won't take part in dangerous or rooftop chases. And I have not been blessed with inhuman spider sense. I'm an average human being with a secret to confess. Wishing I was Spider-Man, wishing I loved Mary Jane. Wishing I could break out of a life that's boring and mundane. Wishing I could spin a web and swing out in the sky. This is episode 260 for November 2013. This episode of Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is still open for sponsorship. We're looking for sponsors, gang. If you'd like to sponsor this show, advertise your business, your product, or your website, send me an email at crawlspacemail at gmail.com. I'd appreciate it. And let's tackle news now. Kevin, you've got this first one. Uh, We just uh, celebrated Halloween, but Spider-Girl is causing a little bit of controversy. Tell me about that. Well... Here's the thing. Yeah. Um, the old men that run a costume uh, agency, or, or whatever the hell you call those things that make costumes, uh, sat around their boardroom one day and said, so we need costumes for young girls. We know young girls, uh, you know, like superheroes, like everybody else does. There is this, uh, there's this cool young girl superhero called Spider-Girl, great, you know, variant of Spider-Man, one of our most popular sellers, so we can do a Spider-Girl costume. And one of these old white men said, well, guys, let's look at this costume for a second. This costume actually looks like a superhero costume. Little girls don't like that. What little girls like is things that are pink and have skirts. I know this (laughs) from my much research with little girls. Don't ask. <laughs> um, so, what we're going to do to sell this thing is we're going to put the image of Spider Girl on the front of it, but the actual costume is going to be basically what your daughter wears to ballet class, but with a spider symbol on the chest. And we're going to mm-hmm. tell her that's Spider Girl. Because what little girls like is not fighting crime, they just want to be pretty. And so, yeah. Uh, it's a very sarcastic way to say what we've got is a Spider-Girl costume for young girls that is just a a pink top and a pink skirt, and it's got like a little pink spider on it, and I, which is, of course, absolutely nothing like the Spider-Girl costume. Any Spider-Girl costume. There have been a couple at this point. The most famous, of course, being uh, the May Parker Spider-Girl costume, which is the Ben Riley Spider-Man costume which is kind of iconic for us nerds. Um, It's also iconic to any other eye that looks at it because it looks like a Spider-Man costume. And basically, I find it incredibly offensively sexist that these people decided that to put out this girl's superhero costume, they have to slot these girls into uh, the gender role of they have to like pink and skirts. You know, we're not going to give you a costume that looks like Spider-Man because you're a little girl. Um, and it's it caused a little bit of controversy for good reason, because it comes off as incredibly stinking sexist. Uh, and 
Yeah, I obviously I don't have any kids, but uh, you if know I of. did have a little girl, that I, I can't <laughs> imagine wanting to buy her that, you know, and say like, you know, we Spider Man's for boys. You need to wear this pink skirt, okay? Let's open it up. What do you think, Jr.? You and I are parents. What, what What do you think about uh, this buying this for your your daughter back in the day? Well, I was trying to think of the cost. My, my daughter probably wouldn't have been caught dead in either version of it. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's a it's this is just stupid. You know, I mean, it's just another one of those things that's stupid. Here, you look at Spider Girl, and then you have something that's nothing like her. So. Uh, you know, I think Kevin pretty well, you know, uh, covered it pretty well. It's just idiotic. It's stupid. There's utterly no rationale for it. Um, so where do you go from there? The thing is, as as a, a seller of costumes, so which I'm not, but if I was the the marketing guy, I, I, the the Spider Girl costume looks too much like Spider Man. So doesn't it? I mean, if a, if if two people are walking down the street, one's a boy, one's a girl. And uh, one little boy is wearing the regular traditional Spider-Man costume, which these days there's so many of them. There's the black suit, there's the movie suit, there's the regular suit. But anyway. But what you could have done, well, I'm I'm sorry to mean her up, but what you could have done was you could have kept the body of the costume as Spider-Man and maybe not the full facial thing because full, you know, you could maybe, you know, a a little mask or whatever, uh, you know, like a, a red mask or something that would show the fact that the rest of her face that would show the fact that it's still a little girl but well, i would argue that you're i mean you're gonna have five different boys dressed up as spider-man that you can't tell apart is there a reason you need to be able to tell that this one's a girl by her gender role defined costume well i i think a little girl would not want to wear a costume that a boy is wearing well shouldn't that be the girl's choice well, yeah, but I think a majority—I think a majority of little girls, if they're looking at all the costumes on the shelf, and they see a, a costume for a boy that looks like the red and blue traditional Spider-Man costume, and then they see standing right beside it the traditional red and blue costume with just a slight variation of the web pattern on the cover. Uh, on the front of it, different. I don't think the average little girl would buy that. I think um, you're gonna have. I think you're gonna see the cover of this thing, or whatever, you know, whatever you call the front of the package. Um, <laughs> say, <laughs> don't go with that, Brad. Um, <laughs> saying Spider Girl. It's got a girl on the front in the costume. I, I think that's just fine for a little girl. They're gonna say, oh, it's it's a Spider Hero for me. I can I can wear this. And again, if you're going to put out a Spider-Girl costume, put out a damn Spider-Girl costume. If you want to put out a costume that is a pink top with a pink skirt, fine. Don't call it Spider-Girl. It's not. There's no reason that anybody that wants to be a Spider-themed character needs to be slotted into this pink skirt. If it's not Spider Girl, what is it? It's Princess a fucking ballerina costume, Brad. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that 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 costume says I'm a girl more than I'm dressing up as Spider Girl. I I agree with that. Well, I agree. Why, with don't, that. why I think, don't you get your daughter over here and show her the two costumes and ask her which one she likes better? I guarantee she'd like the pink Spider Girl costume. She's gonna really say, do. "Dad, you're effing wrong." <laughs> okay. No, I me, I really think my daughter would pick the pink spider girl costume over the red spider okay. girl costume. My point is not that there aren't any girls out there that would like a pink costume with a skirt better than a traditional spider girl costume. That is not my point. My point is a you're marketing a spider girl costume 
market a damn Spider Girl costume. B, I kind of think we're past the point where we need to force these, you know, very specific gender roles on kids that they have to grow up in. I think as nerds, we want the costume to look like a canceled comic book, right? I think that that's completely antithetical to all the logical arguments I just made to you. <laughs> can I say? Can I talk? Yeah, I hit it done. Hit it done. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my sword down after Kevin just whooped me in the ass. I, I am going. Feel free to cut this out. I am going to pull the curtain back because we first learned about this. Kevin, yeah. myself, and Brad had a lengthy discussion on it on on the Book of Faces. Um, I th- <laughs> I think that. The thing about this is, is that like this, there's there's a certain level of feeling denied from something because, like Kevin said, Spider Girl is a legitimate character in Marvel Comics, and they show the character on the on the bag or on the on the on the on the costume, like like in the logo, they show Spider Girl, Mayday Parker, and then they show you for comparison what you're not getting. That's a problem, and in and of itself, and again, I'm just being Kevin said, just you know, terribly, but like there's if girls want. That and expect something else. They're going to get you know this rather tattily looking um, pink skirt and a silver mask. You know, it, it kind of first of all, it just doesn't look good in comparison. But second of all, there's there's a feeling of you know you can't look like this. You can't look anything because you know you look kind of like a boy, and that's not good. You know, Spider-Man's costume is fairly unisex in general. I mean, Ben Riley wore this costume. It doesn't have to be accentuated. There's Whereas, whereas you know this pink costume has a skirt, you know it has it has high sleeves on the on the shoulders, it feels more feminized, and that in and of itself is making the costume more about the the wearer's gender than it is being a nice costume to wear for Halloween, and that in and of itself is wrong because they're doing that for girls specifically. Here's well, I'd also argue that yeah. you know Jr. brings up the point of you know if you want to differentiate, maybe do like a half face mask or something. Well, there are other variant characters that already have that. Instead of marketing this as May Parker's Spider-Girl costume, which is exactly what they did with that image on the cover, there is, uh, and I know, you know, Zach is beating me in the face before I even say this, um, there's a Rania's Spider-Girl costume, which was black costume, white spider, half face mask, lets the hair fly free. That's a variant. It's not going to be confused with the regular Spider-Man, and it's more female because you can show the long hair. There's also Spider-Woman, who is a red and yellow costume, you know, no web pattern at all, and she's got a half-face mask that lets the hair go free. Again, clearly a girl. Would you be less offended if the artwork, uh, the comic book artwork, was an artist's interpretation of what the little girl's wearing? Would you be less offended if there was a a comic book version of this The original Mayday Parker costume had been this pink top and pink skirt. It wouldn't have sold. It would be derided to this day. It would be one of the biggest things that we made fun of if anyone remembered it. (laughs) So would you be less offended if an artist drew what that little girl's wearing on the front? He just answered that. You asked, no, you asked a question. I said yes. words back to you. <laughs> <laughs> you're, 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 you're asking if it wasn't an actual girl posing, but like if, an artist's if, if, if an artist did an interpretation of what this girl is wearing, it's that would never happen. happen. This doesn't look anything like a superhero costume. This is uh, the, this is limiting your possibilities as a person. Bullshit. This would never be a superhero costume, thus there is no way to answer your question. 
<laughs> Just for okay, the lulls, I... here's the Betty Brant Spider Spider Girl costume from What If. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, oh god! I, oh, I have Jesus. A... <laughs> <laughs> I w- I, I, Web cleavage. When I do the when I do the thread on the message board for people to write comments, Josh, please put that picture. Yeah. So people and, see what know, the hell. So you know about. when you're listening, this is not like something with a skirt. This is just like really <laughs> sexist cleavage showing. Holy crap. Yeah, it's, really it's Spider-Man with an unfinished costume and a boob line. No, it's it's a, yeah, it's a corset with a Spider-Man mask and gloves. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Chris, we haven't heard your two cents on this. Let's hear yours. Well, I, I'm sort of making up this argument on the fly. So if this is if this yeah. just is a stupid thing to say, just somebody tell me and I'll take it in stride. But like Brad, if there was a Spider-Man costume. And it had sp- a picture of Spider-Man, the way he's supposed to look on the package. But, like, the actual costume was, like, a football helmet with a spider on it and, like, some <laughs> work gloves and, like, a- an army uniform, like, that's green camouflage. And that was the Spider-Man costume. How how would you feel about that? So you're saying the skirt is stereotypes of women. That's what Kevin said. It's a pink goddamn skirt, Brad! <laughs> It's a pink skirt. <laughs> Does it mean women? <laughs> this might be my favorite episode in years. <laughs> do you do you understand what we're saying though? I'm not sure if you understand. I guess you do. I I, I, I guess you're saying here. What, what you're saying is, in order to fight crime, you need to wear pants. No. They put the color pink and a skirt to make it more than necessarily obvious that this is a girl, when in fact the costume should be about the costume, not about the sex of the person wearing it. Yeah, the costume is, is about selling damn costumes, on, and I think on, girls like skirts. Imagine in the reverse that this was, I'm going to, Chris, allow me to take a little bit of a variant of what you said and restate it. Um, this is a blue costume because boys like fucking blue. It has <laughs> army and football prints all over it with one little blue spider somewhere. And let's assume for the sake of argument that you have a little boy and you think your little boy might like this costume better than an actual Spider-Man costume. Is that a good Spider-Man costume? No. Boom. <laughs> We finally agree. I, no, we don't. I just am not it's offended the by the same thing in the reverse. The only difference is you are trying to define a little girl's gender roles instead of a little boy's gender roles. I'm not because really girls, that offended you, by trying to define a little girl's gender roles because we like them in pink like, skirts because it's fucking cute. <laughs> Man. God damn, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, you want to hang out later? <laughs> I, I, I still want you to get Ava and have her, like, pick a Spider-Girl costume. And She'll pick the pink one, I guarantee you, with the skirt. And no cheating. Yeah, and the simile doesn't make it in any better of a Spider-Girl costume than if a little boy picked the army costume with a spider on it instead of a Spider-Man costume. Hey, Kevin, we're, you're trying to sell costumes, right? No! I'm trying to... <laughs> Hypothetically, you're trying to sell costumes. Do you think you'd sell more for girls in a pink costume or one that looks oh like a boy's costume. I'm trying to market to girls <laughs> Brad, you're helpless. I will sell for spider girl costumes. 
Yeah, you won't. Some I don't. Will like I don't think they'll sell as many. But you're specifically trying to sell a Spider Girl costume to a little girl. Yes. Not just any costume. By your your argument has fuck all to do with Spider Girl. It's just saying that girls prefer pink skirts. So by the yes. argument of your of what you're saying, every single little girl's costume should be a pink skirt because girls <laughs> like it. Well, explain. The, show me some examples of superhero costumes for girls. What are, are you some? Me? Storm. I'm talking about they're on the damn shelf. I, I don't go Halloween shopping for little girls. I'm not a creeper. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to save Brad's life here because like he's he, I don't know. What? No, I'm just saying. <sighs> the thing about the thing about it is though is that like. Is there a storm costume on the shelf that is a pink costume with a pink skirt and has a little pink lightning bolt in the middle? Is that an okay no. storm costume? No, there's not. I don't think there is. Boom. I'm going to Google image little girl superhero costume. If you go on like, like Newsarama or Bleeding Cool, they show you every variation of the Spider-Girl costume, and it is always different. It is never the actual costume. Except for the adult one, there is an adult. <laughs> there's a super. There's a Supergirl one that's exactly the same. Yeah, the Supergirl has. A, hey, Supergirl the, the, has. A, the Supergirl the is, isn't bad because that's the original design, but it also is inherently genderized because the skirt. That, and that's just a blanket statement. I'm not. I'm not saying it's terrible, but that's how it's designed to make you know that it's a female version fin- of a star girl. Well, I, I see a Hulk ballerina. That was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Red. Red. Yeah. I'm, and the okay. tutu the tutu is purple by the way. I'm not offended by the superhero costume because that's the actual design. They've taken a, a female superhero's costume which is, you know, what it is, it, which doesn't which doesn't scream at you girl, you know, not the costume, like the physicality because it's a girl in there, but not the costume itself. They've taken that completely just thrown paint on it. Into, you know, pink paint because it's girl 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 and put a skirt on because girl 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 girl. That is uh, wrong with Josh. Please post this image in the uh, message thread. He just did what the equivalent of the Hulk in a, in a tutu would look like. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, Josh. This isn't an actual costume, is it? This is something that somebody put together. Uh, I think probably. Put... I, I Google image like little girl superhero costume. And this yeah, I've seen this as a team. I think this is something like this girl was like, I got my, my Hulk top and I got my tutu. I'm <laughs> oh, dear Lord. I see, the, I see the spider girl costume and it looks even more horrible than I remembered. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm just going to – Kevin and I, that was a very good debate. I don't, I don't have any more counterpoints. Do you have any more? No, I've said it all. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm exhausted after this. Let's just wrap the show up here. I'm, I'm just kidding. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good debate. I like that. We got, got, like, we got some good mileage out of that. And Kevin has another topic. <laughs> then I'm going to disagree with the hell. Now, now, now. Kevin, uh, evidently um, Business Week put out an article – saying that several people have recently tried to sell their comics and discovered they're not worth as much as you'd think. And I picked you for this topic because you have some similar experiences with eBay. Yeah, um, definitely. This is, you know, there's, there's long been the knowledge in the nerd community that uh, people in the 90s were buying these collector's item, quote-unquote, comics, thinking they were going to retire on them, and that that is not turning out to be the case. But that is expanding now um, beyond just these 90s collector's item comics that were actually printed, you know, a million, two million copies that the market is flooded with. Uh, it's getting to the point where 
any comics from the 90s, the 2000s, back to the 80s now, even we're talking early 80s, aren't selling. And it's from a standpoint of both, uh, you're talking about private collectors trying to sell these comics to uh, like comic shops and whatnot. You get uh, a lot of comic shops I looked at before I sold some things on eBay just to see what it would be like, you know, what the difference would be. Um, these guys outright tell you they don't buy any comics later than 1970s, period. It's because A, they have a bunch of them, and B, they're not really selling. Um, then you go on eBay, you know, I I had hopes, you know, I didn't have aspirations I was going to retire or pay my college tuition. I basically wanted to pay rent for a month or two. Um, and I sold, oh, 1,500 to 2,000 comics um, on eBay. And, you know, these aren't classic comics, a lot of them. I knew I wasn't going to get a lot for some, but uh, I made a total of maybe $600, which was, you know, to me, complete bullshit. Uh, how, how, how many books did you sell for 600 you think? Like 1500 to 2000 And you're not even making your cover price back oh, with that. Oh, God, no. That's, I mean, we're talking... Yeah. You know, for, the, for those kind of things, we're talking maybe uh, $0.50 cents to a dollar an issue, maybe. Um, yeah. and, and these are things that, you know, a lot of them I paid... Two ninety nine, three ninety nine for. Um, I was particularly surprised by some like good full runs of stuff that I had that I expected to sell for some money. Like I sold the entire first volume of New Avengers, sixty seven issues plus annuals plus one shots. It's all inclusive lot, uh, all in great condition. Um, it was like eighty comics total. Um, I set the minimum bid at sixty dollars and I got sixty dollars for it. One bid, sixty bucks, gone. Same yeah. same story awesome. with like uh, Jeff Johns' entire first volume Green Lantern run, and it's about the same amount of issues. Uh, you know, great issues, really well regarded um, stuff. People want to read. Sixty dollar minimum bid went for sixty dollars. I'm I'm still kicking myself for the Morbius lot that I sold, um, which was like all the Morbius stuff I've put together. Including some more valuable things like a decent copy of Amazing Spider-Man 102, decent copy of uh, Marvel Marvel Team Up number three, um, and I you know I put those in the lot to think that that would pump up the price, but again it sold for the minimum bid and broke my heart. Um, so yeah, so what is this tell? What is this telling us? Uh, what it's telling us is basically there's a mix of these comics are readily available, lots of copies. None of the stuff you're looking at is rare. Um, it's also telling us that the people aren't there to buy them and drive the prices up. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's not just there's so many copies. Look at the fact that I only got one bid on these things. You know, there's, it's not like there were a bunch of people trying to get this thing from me. One person bid, that one person got it. Um, and you know, uh, with this article, and we're seeing more and more articles like this pop up now. Uh, what they're saying is that you get a lot of people right now who are in their mid forties to mid fifties. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know anybody like that. Do you? <laughs> yeah, no, none of them around here. That um, was the voice of Spider God. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a lot of people in that age range who have been collecting for a long time. Uh, they've yeah. got what you know. We all think of as good issues we're even talking about like some older some older issues um and they've got these collections of a couple thousand comics that they're expecting to go for a lot and you know this article is pointing out uh sales of like three thousand comics for five hundred dollars you know that's 
this is about the kind of market we're looking at now. So, uh, you know, this this particular article that we linked to says that uh, there is kind of a balanced mix feelings on whether or not this is going to bounce back. Um, I don't see how this is going to bounce back. I don't I don't see how this this is going to be solved. Um, there's still going to be all these comics available. Um, not- I, I think I, I think the, the the market for rare ones like Amazing Number One and Amazing yeah. Fantasy Fifteen that's always going to be there. I think. Uh, but as this article points out, that's a completely different market. Um, right. That market is just for basically a couple of issues. You're looking at Amazing Fantasy yeah. Fifteen, Amazing Spider-Man Number One, Action Comics Number One, Detective Comics Twenty Seven. Batman number one, it's those sort of issues. And those are going to sell for a lot of freaking money. Um, yeah. What the article uh, points to is that's a basically community of really rich doctors and investors and whatnot that want a, you know old famous comic book on their wall. And that is what that market is. It's not a big one, but there are also so few of those left in any good condition, that those are always going to be good sellers. There's always going to be a market for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But especially like for people that just want to read the stuff, as again the article points out, um, it used to be you had to buy the old issues, but now you can get it digitally. You can get it in Essentials. You can get it in uh, Marvel Masterworks. Um, you know, actually, and this <laughs> yeah. I didn't get from the article, but uh, it's something I've seen. We're in an age now where out-of-print collections are going up in price almost more than the original issues are. Um, you look at oh, like, like yeah, you look at these like runs. Uh, these omnibus editions on like Amazon that have been because they they don't seem to print a lot of these omnibuses. They go out of print fairly quickly, and once they go out of print, they were originally cover price one hundred. These things could be five hundred dollars. Um, you look at almost you know like '90s trade paperbacks stuff that are you know early 2000s trade paperbacks that haven't been re-released or reissued. Those things have gone up in price. When I was looking to yeah. put together Jeff Johns' uh, original Flash run, his Wally West Flash run, uh, I was looking before they reissued it as an omnibus, which I wish I had waited a little bit longer now. Um, and those things had gone out of print, and the fourth volume was the one where he created the new Zoom uh, called Blitz. $90 was the cheapest I found that trade paperback. It's a trade paperback. $90 was the cheap one. I remember uh, towards the end of the 90s, the Marvel Masterworks, when they weren't printing them every month like they do now, those were going for insane amounts of money. Also, the Spider-Man... Um, Final chapter, or no, 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 the the end of the Clone Saga. What was that called? Um, Revelations. 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 That trade had some extra uh, Ramita Senior art in it, and it was going for insane amount of money. Ramita, so Jun- Ramita, Ramita Junior. What did I say? Ramita Senior. Ramita Senior. Oh, Ramita Junior. Who's Flash yeah. Thompson's ex-wife? <laughs> Yo, Mama. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at some uh, some of the essentials. Like I was looking to, to read yeah. some of the old Marvel horror stuff that way, like Ghost Rider, Doctor Strange, Werewolf by Night. They put out essentials of that several years ago, and the rest of the volumes you can get fine. But volume one of each of those is like you know you're, the forty dollars is the cheapest you're going to find for an essential. I'm not paying forty dollars for black and white reprints. So, so you know, again, that's not something the article talks about. It's just something I've found that those seem to be going up in price. But basically, if you're sitting on a whole lot of back issues that you're thinking you're going to make a lot of money on, uh, this ain't the time to do it. There is a possibility that it'll get better in the future, but if you just want to do it now, you're going to get cents on the dollar. 
I'll, I'll share a story. I might have shared this before. Uh, back in early 1990, uh, when Todd McFarlane put out uh, his, his uh, adjectiveless Spider-Man, I um, bought ten copies of every issue from issue one to issue 16. And I'm like, you know, because I'm, what am I, I'm 16, 17 years old, and I'm thinking, you know what, someday I'm going to sell these on something I've never heard of, and which is eBay, and I'll make some money. And I'll make a lot of money, because you know what, it's Todd McFarlane, they're going to be collectible. So fast forward from 1990 to 2011 or 12, or actually it's 2013, come think of it. And flash forward all those years, I'm a 38-year-old guy, and this thing on the internet called eBay is around. And I'm like, you know what, I've had all these 10 issues a piece of Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man in my long boxes. I'm wanting to prune my copies, and I'm like, now is the time I'm going to sell them. So I put up on eBay uh, issue 1 to 16 of Todd McFarlane, <laughs> and I made maybe a dollar a piece. And back in the day, didn't they cost a dollar or a dollar and a quarter cover price in 1990? I, I lost money at the deal. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, especially I, those, those McFarlane yeah. issues, all of them are you know, really prevalent and really cheap. I, I sold um, maybe three sets. I have six more sets I'll be putting up Holy there. crap. <laughs> I know. I know. So I can, I can sign them <laughs> if you like this podcast. Maybe I can get an extra quarter out of it if I sign them. But my, my, my dreams of when I was 15 or 16 years old have failed when I'm 38 years old now for making money out of this. Any other, let's open this up to the panel about your thoughts on your comics aren't worth as much. Yeah, right before I moved um, from one side of Florida to another back in 2006, there was going to be like a month period where I wasn't working. So the like, you know, help the transition. I decided, well, it's time. I'll sell some of my comics, but not all of them. Just, you know, like I got a bunch of Teen Titan comics together in like one long box. And it was like stuff going from like the original like Nick Cardi run. Nick Hardy, like Bob Hanley stuff, uh, b- before their first relaunch, all the way to like recent stuff. Um, it, a huge lot, good condition, and I took it to a shop. And like when they were going to give me less than a hundred bucks for it, I took my books home and hugged them and said, "I'll never leave you again." <laughs> like it, I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna sell that many books for like that little. It, it's not, it's not worth it to me. Like especially because of the amount of time that you put into collecting these things. You know, I don't want to sell it for something that's basically going to be a month of rent. JR, have you ever sold any comics? Uh, no, no, because uh, partially because I usually only bought what I actually wanted to read. I never, I never did buy for speculative purposes. Um, not because I was so smart, but just because I didn't have any extra money. <laughs> and now that I've been married and have two kids, <laughs> I have even less. Uh, But uh, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. This has been uh, in the works for years. I mean, uh, for example, uh, just a a story from, from, you know, more than a decade ago, I think, uh, uh, when I was in Indianapolis on a job. And uh, I went to a comic book store in Indianapolis and uh, was looking at the, and there was a bunch of stickers, uh, you know, that had names of the com- of a comic shop that wasn't the store I was in. And I said, I said, what in the world? I said, did you, you buy somebody's, somebody's collection out? And he said, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I got, it, I, I, I got it really cheap. And, and he was just going on about how cheap comics were. And he said, you know, even in the 70s, the stuff in the 70s isn't selling, you know, phenomenal, you know, for, for particularly large prices. 
purposes. And I've I've been in comic shops, you know, uh, a, several comic shops where someone has tried to come in and sell things and they can't yeah. sell them. Um, I, again, th- this is this is not new. I, I'm just surprised that that anyone is surprised that this that that this is even a story. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, eBay has been, right. eBay has actually, in a way, destroyed the collectibles market. Because what eBay did was it turned, uh, it used to be that if you couldn't find something within the region you lived in, or you couldn't advertise or uh, socialize through, you know, through very narrowly, uh, available trade magazines or collector societies or whatever, things were very difficult to get a hold of. Now with eBay, the whole nation, the whole world, if there's anything out there in the whole, I, and I'll use an example, the Starfleet technical manual from the 1970s. Uh, I had an original copy of that one, and you know, within five years, I was seeing stories about how this thing was going for eight, you know, sixty, seventy, eighty dollars. But with the coming of eBay, you know, anybody in the world, anybody in the world who had a copy was throw, could throw it up on eBay, and now, you know, when you might be able to, you know, you're seeing the thing going for twenty dollars. Or, or it's being listed for twenty dollars, and there's no bids. You know, yeah. I, I've looked up, you know, just out of curiosity because I'm thinking about, you know, one of these days parting with some of my Star Trek stuff, and I go into eBay and I see what people are what people are trying to get for them. They're trying to get virtually nothing, and nobody's bidding. Um, I, you know, and, and again, apart from my own experience, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking if I'm the only middle, I'm, I, and I, you know, <clears throat> I mean. You know, uh, surprise. Uh, I hate to admit this, but I'm a middle-aged man. Uh, no. and, uh, you know, big surprise. But I knew that even then. I was thinking, okay, you know, I've got two kids. I got one in college, you know, and and I'm 50 years old, and I want to, you know, I hate living in a house. I hate having a house. I want to move into an apartment. I can't be the only one having these thoughts of what am I going to do with all this shit. So I know that if I'm having having them, there have got to be a zillion guys, baby boomers, in my situation, thinking the exact same thing. Well, it makes me makes me think. You know, the the Overstreet price guide is pretty much worthless. I think eBay is the price guide now. It is. I would say. Yeah, I think yeah. Overstreet's obsolete. Yeah. I remember back in the day going to all these conventions with my Overstreet uh, price guide in my hand, and, and the prices were matching what the stickers were. But now you just need to take your smartphone and say, you know what, I can get this on eBay, and nobody's bidding. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, yeah. talking about 70s stuff, years ago, uh, I wanted to get the uh, Morbius run of Adventure into Fear from the 70s, and yeah, it was just more, it wasn't exorbitantly expensive, but it was more than I wanted to pay at the time. And then recently I just checked on eBay on a Lark, and I ended up getting a lot of the whole run in really good condition, including the usually more valuable issue, the guest starred Blade, uh, for like a dollar or less an issue. You know, it's, it's nothing now. Yeah. It's, all, well, it's all what someone's willing to pay. Yeah. Well, even on your own show, Brad, which, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, concerned how bad your memory is, I, I you know, <laughs> you, know you, 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 pro- you, you probably don't remember when you had uh, Eric. I was going to call him Sam Ruby, but his name's not Sam Ruby. When, <laughs> Eric, when you had yeah. Eric from SamRuby.com, you know, when, yeah. you know, and you were, you know, because he was kind of a, a, he was selling Spider-Man uh, back issues and things, and, and you were asking him about, you know the business, and he said, "Well, first of all, there's no such thing as a rare Spider-Man comic." 
you know, he said the, the one thing about like what I think we were talking about issue 300. I, the, the problem with getting issue 300 in good condition was because I think the back was black and therefore it was easily, you know, damaged or showed wear or Nixon's. But it, I mean, back then, you know, he was saying there's no such thing as a rare Spider-Man comic book. You know, obviously, yeah. besides the. You know the, the 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 original Lee Ditko stuff, and you know, and even then, I mean, you've been able to pick up some of those for not you know without mortgaging your house, right? Yeah, I, I went to the Chicago Comic Con and picked up issue twenty four for about a hundred. It was uh, very good condition, etc., and it, it was worth a lot more in the Overstreet. So, now this this is yeah. no surprise. It's not even worth a story, to be honest. It shouldn't yeah. be a surprise. The same thing has happened, like in baseball cards or whatever. And then one one point that the article makes, I believe, is that one reason collectibles are, you know, and are I don't want to say they're dying or anything, but I mean, it's just who's who's re- nobody's replacing us. The, our kids yeah. aren't interested. I mean, for example, my son loves superheroes, but he doesn't love superhero comic books. You know, he loves the superhero video games, superhero movies. He likes finding crap on YouTube and the Internet and stuff, but he's not interested in superhero comics. Hmm. Good debate, gang. Let's move on to another topic. If I, I've got all these Spider-Man <laughs> girl costumes on my screen, I've lost the thread of what their topics are. That uh, sounds odd. Uh, let's see. We're moving on to J.R., Let's talk about Gene Simmons. Last month we talked about uh, Alice Cooper. Oh, what's his, Alice Cooper as the Green Goblin in the musical. What do you think about Gene Simmons? Does he have the tongue for it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, I can't. I can't beat the line that someone said that he had the tongue for Venom. You know, and uh, yeah, um, that's good. Who, who say whoever said that one gets a gets a one up. That's a good one. Um, <sighs> God, you know, I mean, I can see. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I I wouldn't care if Gene Simmons played the Green Goblin, you know, in a Spider-Man musical. I mean, come on, it's 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 a Spider-Man musical. I, I mean, yeah, it's sing. If, it sing. If I if I'm expecting complete fidelity to the concept, you know, then I'm in the wrong place. You know, going to a Spider-Man musical. Um, but the the thing that bugs me about this is they first offered to Alice Cooper, and then they offered to Gene Simmons, which are two old men. Okay, you know, and I, and and some God, I can't believe somebody said, "Well, Jr., don't you realize what Gene Simmons wears?" It's like, no, duh. My brother's been a Kiss fan since the goddamn 1970s. I know, I know full well what Gene Simmons wears. But you know, but but again, look at Gene Simmons' concert schedule. There's, you know, he's not doing eight shows a week, three shows a night. Sorry, I mean, sorry, two shows yeah. a night sometimes. You know, and these guys don't need the money. They don't need the gig. They they don't need the money, um, and and even then, like they were offering Cooper one hundred twenty-five thousand a week. Well, I mean, the show cost already over a million dollars a week with no names, you know, yeah. and and you know, and Simmons would command a lot more. I mean, to get his ass out of his, you know, his well, I think his show's been canceled, but to get his ass away from his model wife and uh, you know his business empire. You know, you're not. He, there, I don't think there's any way you could possibly re- genuinely tempt him to take that role. And then, of course, and now when we do this tomorrow, it'll announce that he's signed a six-month contract to do it, and I'll have to eat shit. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but I mean, I, I I understand why they want a big name because if you go to like the Broadway grosses, you know, website, yeah. the, the, the 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 sales have really started to soften. 
Um, whether it's the fact that the show's finally run its course, or whether it has gotten so much bad, it got so much bad publicity from this latest accident, which is really stupid, really yeah. stupid that this happened. You know, where where the guy has just been cri- crippled because of this. Um, and, and the thing is, you, you know, I, so I can see why they want a name to try to boost up things, but the thing, you give it to guys who aren't going to say yes, and so therefore the low, the role kind of gets some loser stink on it. I, I just it doesn't make any sense why they're offering it to guys who really have no incentive or reason to even seriously consider it. Um, yeah. I don't. But then again, it's you know it's New York, it's Broadway. You know. <laughs> any other thoughts on uh, Gene Simmons? Funny. Okay. Yeah, refresh us, Jr. I, I really haven't heard that someone was seriously. Yeah, um, I think you know, I'm trying to forget. Uh, I, I mean, I'm trying to remember if he was one of the Spider-Man stunt extras or if he was like one of the ensemble. But you know, if you go to the Spider the Spider-Man musical, the stage has all kinds of uh, you know uh, things that go up and down, and you know. Uh, not trap doors, but you know, like like the the stage will open up, and then like a huge you know building prop will come up, or some other set piece will come up, and you know, and this guy got his foot caught in one, and mm. you know he started screaming, you know, right <laughs> in in a show, and Ouch. like everybody covers it, you know. I mean the can the curtain slot, you know, curtain <laughs> shut, canceled the show. You know, oh, by the way, we're not going to have a show today. <laughs> you know, Man. Then, now the guy is suing, and, and if you read the stories, and again, you never know really with lawsuits, because lawyers are always, it's like negotiations. Everybody tries to bring the most, I, I guess they try to hype the story up as much as possible. And, but they said this guy has had multiple surgeries, multiple amputations. Now, if that Ow, happened... Exactly, which you kind of think, wait a minute, I mean, okay, you cut his leg off, cut his foot off, what, you know, what's the multiple part? But even if there's just not a, a lawyer's hyperbole, this was a serious accident, it was, and it was stupid that it happened. Uh, yeah. You know, Broadway musicals are not immune to accidents or injuries. I mean, in, Idina, in Dina Menzel, in her next last performance of Wicked, slipped in the trap door. You know, because Elphaba is supposed to melt or whatever, so she goes down the trap door. She'd done it like, what, 200 times or whatever. Her next to last show on Broadway, something she slept or whatever, she busted a rib and punctured a lung. So, you know, yeah, it happens. But the Spider-Man musical has had more than its share of accidents, and yeah. you know maybe maybe people maybe people are just kind of sick of the the, the bad news that this thing generates. I mean, uh, but yeah, that's that's what happened, and it was just the latest. Wow. In a, I mean, and they hadn't had an accident in a long time, and 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 again, these things do happen. But uh, I, you know, I, I yeah. don't know. So whatever. Don, you've got this next one. Uh, Pharrell is going to be doing the soundtrack of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Well, not just Pharrell. Um, we have uh, Pharrell and Hans Zimmer. And also, I know the first thing that was announced was that um, Jamie Foxx, the star of the movie, he's playing Lynn Lecho, said he was like making a song for it. He's going yeah. to help produce it's a track. Got R- Rihanna in it or something like that? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Um, I think that's kind of cool news. I mean, I, I, I'm sure people are rolling their eyes because we don't want contemporary music in our Spider-Man movie. But um, one, I mean, Pharrell is, behind, Pharrell, Pharrell is a very popular and uh, well, 
well-regarded uh, music producer as well as, you know, a musician he had himself. two of the biggest hits this summer, didn't he? He had Blurred Lines, and what's the other one? Um, uh, I'm not sure what Daft he's... Punk. Daft Punk, that, that song. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's been, he's been, I've known him for a long time, like since high school. It's so, like, he's been famous. Mm-hmm. He also has, he also um, has produced music for movies before. Apparently, he worked on Despicable Me 2, which uh, I think Josh and Stella saw in San Diego. Uh, once I, I was it. gone. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> oh yes, but, we had our shipper moment. And he also won, he he won an award for that apparently. So I mean I think this is actually pretty cool news. I like the idea that I I I liked the original ASM movie soundtrack. Okay, I didn't dislike it, but I know people did dislike it. And to have not only I think Hans Zimmer is a is an excellent composer. I do think he's sort of a go-to guy for movies these days, and I can get a bit dry. But adding Pharrell to it might make it really fun yeah. to listen to. Um, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what what Jamie Foxx's song off of ASM will be. It's like it, it reminds me of um, every time Will Smith would make a song, he would make a he, it would make a movie. He would make a song to go with it. Like well, the, wow, that wow, Men wow. in Black song. That Men in Black song's pretty good. Yeah, this doesn't have to be bad, I, I, but it, it can be a bit gimmicky. But I, I think this is actually kind of interesting news. Yeah. Also, there was a little bit more movie news about uh, they, re- they released some pictures of Jamie Foxx in full electro, and Spider-Man's wearing a, a, a fireman's hat, putting out a fire or something like that. You know, I'm a little... Did you see those? Yeah, I saw those. I, I, I don't know. I, I, ho- I hope this isn't going to be as goofy as it looks. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, sure it's not, I'm sure it's nothing, but like, uh, it was, I'm sure it's a, a funny thing to do, but... but um, um, yeah. I, I, I'm actually interested in the image between um, Garfield and Emma Stone because they look really serious. And maybe this movie will like have some. Uh, maybe never, not everything will be all sunshine and roses with their relationship. Right. Um, I'm not. I'm not taking Garfield's douchebag haircut. But besides that, <laughs> let's get your other topic, Don. You've got uh, the Avengers anime Avengers. Evidently, Marvel is producing an a- Avengers show in Japan, huh? Before Brad starts rolling his eyes, I'll explain it. I think this actually <laughs> this, this could legitimately lead to something big in terms of an international Spider-Man and Avengers market. Um, I kind of when I, once I learned this, I was like, "Huh, that's, that's that's a thing." But once I started actually looking at the article, I was like, "This could actually lead to some big things." Because before, when they uh, when they did the Iron Man anime and the Blade anime and the Wolverine anime, those were produced by Madhouse, which at the time is like a it's like a it's a big uh, anime production company, but they're a lot more prone to uh, when I say adult animation, I mean like uh, animation for you know older audiences, like you know like, like around like the uh, eighteen to twenty something crowd. So like that was that wasn't really made to appeal towards a larger audience as this is. Um, this is being produced by Toy, and Toy is a is like one of the largest uh, Japanese animation production companies out there. It's it's done a lot of uh, it's a lot of a lot of very famous shows. It's done Dragon Ball Z, of course, but it also has done a lot of outsourcing animation for very popular shows in the 80s. It did G.I. Joe, it did Transformers, it did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it did Spider-Man as Amazing Friends. Whoa. Yes. Did not know that. It has a a very, very popular international... uh, relations in terms of making uh, content, which, which uh, to me, like, and also it has, it has a lot of very famous shows on their side of the shores too. So to me, that's actually very good news in terms of getting this thing out there. Now, the the setup for the show is basically the Avengers fighting Loki because it's 2013, but for some reason they need Spider-Man's help. So Spider-Man, yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> Spider-Man will be an, an actual character in this. He won't be just a cameo. Uh, this is also going to have uh, merchandising produced by Bandai, which is also a bigger. That's a bigger. That's a bigger uh, company in terms of producing uh, merchandise than KB Toys did for uh, the '90s show 20 years ago. 
So, th- yeah. so that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a nicer, that's a nice indication of how seriously they're taking this series. So I'm actually very intrigued to, to, to take a look at this, um, this show once it comes out. Well, I mean, I, I, I watched a couple episodes of the Wolverine anime on, on Spike. I just couldn't take it. Uh, was that a bad representation of what Marvel anime can be? I think that it was sort yeah. of like trying to just like I, I, I know from Iron Man one. I saw actually I saw an episode of that last week. For some reason, he's in Japan, uh, and Wolverine's in Japan. <laughs> they kind of took yeah. the properties and kind of fit it into a more recognizable anime uh, sensibility. This sounds more like they're just having the animation production team in Japan produce a Marvel show. It will be no no different than um than you know uh, Disney or Fox trying to make a show for for. Uh, uh, Adventures or Spider-Man. The only difference is this is from Japan, but they're animating it. They're not exactly formatting it towards their sensibilities, and because they're they're uh, being produced by Toy, I think this is actually an indication that this is going to be a very successful cartoon. I really do. Uh, so it's not just a specific Japanese show. It's you think it's going to air in the United States, well, etc. Well, well, it's going to be air, it's going to be airing Japan, but because that's, that's okay. because the animation studio is from Japan, but it's definitely going to be shown here, and it's also going oh, okay. to be made. It's only made more accessible, I think. It's only made more to me make uh, to meet audiences of more international broadcasts. Essentially, it's okay. it's not we're not going to see the Avengers in Kyoto. It's going to be a, okay. a, a typical <laughs> Avengers cartoon with Spider-Man. Yeah. It's just going to be happen to be produced by Japanese animators, as opposed to what what's come before okay. Blade and, and Wolverine and all that. That's cool. All right, uh, I, I'll take this next one. Uh, I always like to do funny eBay auctions. And uh, the last time we did this, someone was selling a plate of Amazing Spider-Man 252 for what was it, 100 grand? Well, it depends on whether or not you want to pay in uh, Golden Eagles or uh, <laughs> Maseratis or um, yeah. Space White. Uh, well, yeah. well, for this low, low price of ten thousand, oh, I'm sorry, nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars, not ten grand exactly. Uh, a Canadian uh, eBay seller. Evidently went to a uh, Stanley roast or a Stanley event where they're honoring him, etc. Stanley tribute event, and uh, he he evidently Todd McFarlane was at this event, and he went up to Todd McFarlane and and he handed Mr. McFarlane one of those blank covers where artists can do sketches. This one just happened to be the Marvels project, which isn't even a Spider-Man comic, which I find is on it. Odd, and it's that uh, the cover where they did the homage of the 1980s, where they have the little heads going all around the spine and the the edges of the book, and they did that for what Marvel's 70th, I think. And he asked Mr. McFarlane, "Could you please do a sketch of Spider-Man and sign it?" So McFarlane did that. I don't know how much you had to pay McFarlane to do that, but uh, McFarlane hasn't touched Spider-Man in years. That sounds like one of Bertoni's questions. I just want to say that. <laughs> but no, McFarlane hasn't drawn Spider-Man. With exception of two or three times, and this is uh, uh, cool because he he did a side profile of, of Spidey. He uh, drew red webs on him, uh, penciled him, the black eyes, etc., and signed it. And then he had Stan Lee sign it, and McFarlane did a little spider uh, spider chest symbol at the bottom. And so he immediately, the seller said, I can make some bank off of this, unless it's like all those other eBay auctions like Kevin and Brad have been doing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he put it up there for ten grand, And it hasn't sold. It, it's uh, been up there a couple times. He's lifted it several times, and it's yet to be sold for $10,000. Uh, any thoughts on this? I mean, 
What do you guys think of this guy just instantly taking it to eBay? I mean, would you or would you keep it or what would I mean? If eBay existed in 1990, this would actually sell for more. But uh, yeah, it would. I, I, if, if someone, if I got McFarland and Stanley to do this for me, I would keep it. I wouldn't sell it. I, I agree. I'd keep it also. What What do you guys think? I also think it'd be a lot cheaper to go to a convention and get McFarland to do a sketch for you himself than pay ten thousand dollars for this guy's. <laughs> yeah, that's you could you could get a plane ticket, etc. I wonder if McFarland does go to cons and s- does sketches. I'd I'd rather have the ten grand than the signature. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, I mean it's not often that I'm being offered ten grand anyway, so it's uh, yeah, yeah. But wouldn't you make it a Spider-Man comic? I mean, seriously. Well, I mean, like a ten thousand dollars sketch. Like, like who, who is obscenely rich enough to pay for that? Yeah. Who do you take think it, take it to comic book men. <laughs> They'll give you ten bucks. Well, how about? <laughs> I guess the same kind of person who would buy this would be the same kind of person who would buy the uh, Amazing Spider-Man number two fifty-two stamp that uh, yeah. that Chris so viciously viciously savaged some time ago. So well, this 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 guy obviously didn't read that article that that we, Kevin was talking mm-hmm. about. That I mean, if people aren't buying, or, or does this qualify under the rare comics? Well, I it is it, one of a kind. It is one of a kind, yeah. But I mean, is Todd McFarlane relevant anymore? Oh, not ten thousand dollars worth of relevant, right? And what, what's as Brad a, pointed out, especially not on the Marvels project. Yeah. What what's what what what's the price for this? What do you think it would sell? So it doesn't have to get listed several times. Maybe fifty. Fifty bucks. Yeah. Ooh. Really. Okay. If I had We're them, I'd probably. Here, dude. Uh, I mean, is it the original staples? <laughs> Forgot about Con- that. That's continuity funny. callback. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. All right, uh, Bertoni, you've got this next one about Goblin Nation and New Warriors. Was was this announced at New York Comic Con? This was announced at New York Comic Con, like got it. Four, yeah. four, less than forty eight hours, I think, after we did the podcast, saying, "Oh, right. what does it mean?" Like, <laughs> so uh, the end. We were all debating that, and. Um, I think Don, and, and Don's probably going to say, don't forget that I said, you know, Purple was the, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Don did not say that, by the way. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, don't let him Alrighty then, trying, all right. He's trying to get Don back on the line. We had a little... Yeah, as I'm trying to, to bring in things from the chat window, audience... <laughs> Here's an and one. Don, Don, Don said, "What the? Okay. Yeah, yeah, here's this running gag some more. Okay, yeah, Don's like, aha, it's it's the Green Goblin. I called it, which again, I don't give as much credit as I do with Chris because Chris pulled a brain swap, you know, out of his butt as opposed to Don saying <laughs> it's the Green Goblin. We've been having Green Goblin in these books for a while. Uh, so yeah, it is an event called Goblin Nation, aka, you know, as as we as Crawl Space have subtitled it, the Goblins will finally do something." Yes. It's a five-part story, and Dan Slott says all bets are off. Anything can happen, meaning something's finally going to happen. Anything, anyone can go at any seconds, and uh, you have to buy yeah, it. Cama, Giuseppe Camicoli, is that how I'm saying his name? Yeah, yeah, Camicoli's doing. Otherwise, uh, we we really don't know. We just we've just been told this is a storyline that's going to happen. The goblins are going to do something. It's five parts. Uh, I really don't have that much else to run with that because that's all that they gave us. 
Well, you better run because the cops are behind yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. well, what it did tell me is that this starts in issue 27. Like, my very first thoughts, I am not joking when I heard this news, were, oh, God, that means that we're going to have, like, ten more issues of the goblins doing nothing. Like, no. uh, did you ever watch that show Metalocalypse? No. There was this, like, group of people at the end of each episode and beginning, they'd be like, should we strike now? And then, like, some guy'd be like, no, we wait. And it was every <laughs> single episode. And stuff. <laughs> uh, any uh, any thoughts on that before we uh, go into the new Warriors? I just want to say that, that last time we talked about uh, NYCC coverage and uh, I know with the purple, I'd be agreeing was right. You're really breaking up, Don. I had no idea what you just he, said. He's saying he was right. Don't worry. We we, we covered that along with an after. <laughs> what what uh what was there a one word teaser for this? The end. And you said, the end. You, you thought okay, it was going to yeah. be the end of slot, despite everyone telling you that like. So this Slot's this is the en- end of what? The, the end of the sub-log? the end of the goblins doing nothing. Okay, I think they probably I want you to think, uh, oh, this could be the end of the Superior Spider-Man because Green Goblin's going to kill him, but no. Also, news, uh, Kane is coming back. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try and talk about this without mentioning a message board poster who tried to, like, bring up an old argument from another podcast. But, yes, Chris Yost will be continuing his Scarlet Spider adventures in a team book. Um, the New Warriors are going to be relaunched. It's not the first time that we've had a Scarlet Spider in New Warriors because Ben Riley was a part of the 90s New Warriors team. So, let's see. Um, who is on our roster this time? Let me look at the list of names. Speedball. Speedball, Nova, Justice, Scarlet Spider, Sun Girl, and Araceli, which, the way that it's listed in the press release on Crawl Space, like, right before Justice, it says Wacker. So, it's like Steve Wacker's part of the team. <laughs> I'll, I'll be picking that up. You guys, anybody picking that up? Yeah, I'll probably have to. Yeah. Don? <laughs> Uh, the High Evolutionary is going to be involved in this, so I guess like he's, oh, no. he's sending Seriously? this. Yeah, he's sending the team on this. Yeah, so it, so it, again, we'll we'll have more Clone Saga type shenanigans with the High Evolutionary and the Spider-Man clone because he was involved in some of those Clone Saga records. Okay, did the call drop? The, the uh, <laughs> every you, time. <laughs> I know. I, I hear that sound, and that's the sound it makes when no. it hangs up. Yeah, Don's just having a couple problems. Uh, I'll pick it up. Kevin picks it up. Josh, you picking it up? I'll check out the first issue or two. Yeah. Um, it's, Chris? Let's see. I'm not sure. Um, Scarlet Spider has been bad for a couple issues, and uh, I don't know if I even really want more. Um, but but <laughs> I, I kind of suspect that since um, Yost has had a co-writer with uh, these last few issues, that might be part of it, and if that is if he's just doing it himself in the, the New Warriors, maybe it'll be better. But I don't know. I might have to just wait for word of mouth. Yeah, it's got to be better than Marvel Knight Spider Man. Uh, <laughs> well, but anything, anything. It just yeah. makes some kind of sense. <laughs> I know. Should I even bother to ask Jr.? You'd be wasting your breath. <laughs> <laughs> 